Welcome to Speaking of Partnership, the show that brings you the personal partnership stories of experts from all walks of life so you can turn their stumbling blocks into stepping stones to healthy, long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Ken Bechtel. Hey, I've got a quick favor to ask. We're in the process of a major facelift for the show, and I would love your input. It's essential to me. So do me a favor, hop over to speakingofpartnership.com right now, click on the big red button that reads, take our quick three minute survey and let us know how we can improve the show for you. Thank you very much. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. Dr. Diana Kirshner, a psychologist who appeared regularly on the Today Show and starred in a PBS special on Finding Love, shared a story of a time when she did not follow her yes and ended up pushing off writing a book that would eventually help launch her career. Well, Dr. Diana, thank you again for the incredible, incredible interview and all the great information you shared with us. I want to ask you a favor if you would help us do one other thing, and that is explain and and kind of share your experiences of the importance of following your yes, that internal guidance that we all have. And where I'd love to start is, let's start with the time when you did not follow your yes. Maybe in that moment, you didn't realize you really had a yes, but you look back and you're like, okay, that was super clear and I still didn't pay attention. Tell us about that. Well, I, I had uh, very clear guidance on a, on a yes, on something that was a mission for me, which is I was at a yoga retreat and I had this experience during this yoga meditation of people all over the world somehow asking me to teach them about love. And it was a very compelling. I actually weeped. I wept during that experience. But what happened was um, I felt like what I needed to do was write a book for the general public, but I was a Ph.D. psychologist who didn't know how to write very well mm. for the general public. I was writing uh, technical textbooks for therapists, actually. And I thought, oh, I can't, you know, it's going to be too much trouble to learn how to write. And I put that aside. I put that calling aside, and the the net result was that I it was like almost like a low lying depression. Mm. It, it was almost like a depression. It was like my bliss was in one place, and I wasn't going for my bliss, and uh, it was very unpleasant actually for some years. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's such a great example of. I mean. You had a visceral experience, and you still denied it. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yes. it's really, really powerful. So, so let's let's turn this around. Share with us a time when not only did you have a clear yes, but this time you did follow it. Tell us that story. Well, some years after I had that uh, vision, that calling, um, I decided that I would take action, that I needed to take action to fulfill that calling. And uh, what I did was I started actually taking classes in writing, and writing um, simply and writing in a a heart-connected way and writing in a way that um, uh, was very accessible and translating complicated ideas into very simple language. And I actually spent a great deal of money on that. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I had a writing coach, and I, I took many writing courses. And I, I knew I needed to learn how to write to, uh, to, to really connect to people, to help them. 
and specifically in terms of love. And I actually uh, started a lot of different writing projects, and um, very exciting, interesting things started happening when I said yes. Um, I actually uh, was doing Love in 90 Days workshops, and um, I was on a radio show with some successful uh, people, who these women who uh, had found love through the workshops, and um, a A-level agent, literary agent, actually called me. She called me, mm-hmm. <laughs> which doesn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> this doesn't happen. And, and she uh, actually started working with me on my book proposal, which became the bestseller, Love in 90 Days, which helped tens and tens of thousands of women and That's men. amazing. Amazing. Wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing those examples. They're, they're such powerful examples of the importance and the power of following you, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. And if you would have told me when I was not following my yes that this is what have, would have happened, I, I wouldn't have believed it. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, oh, I don't feel like I'm capable of that. But again, the divine has a bigger idea than you can conceive of. And if you follow your yes, the divine will surprise you. I mean, it's been a, it's been a delight. It's been extraordinary what's happened. You know, I've been on the Today Show. I had my own PBS special on Finding Love. I mean, it's been extraordinary. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that story. Oh, you're welcome. I've actually never shared that with anybody. There you go, listeners. <laughs> and and uh, what are they, an exclusive. There was an exclusive. It's true. That's beautiful. Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. Karen Rockheim, a leading expert on life purpose, women's thriving, and positive psychology, and the creator of Purpose Girl, shared a story of a time when she did follow her yes after being held at gunpoint and then deciding to change her life forever by following her dreams. Well, Karen, thank you again for an absolutely amazing interview. I had so much fun on that show. And I, I want to ask you to help us with one more thing. And what that is, is we want to illustrate for our listeners, like the power of following your yes, your internal guidance, because we all have it. It's that wisdom, that knowingness that we have inside that tells us what our next step is. But a lot of times we doubt it and question it. So what I'd love for you to do is first, if you would start with the time when you did not follow your yes, maybe in that moment, you didn't really realize you had a yes, you weren't even paying attention. But then you look back and you're like, that was really clear. My gut told me exactly what to do and I still didn't do it. Tell us about that time. Yeah, unfortunately, there's many. Um, Join the club. Right, two two come to mind. And one is actually in my current marriage. There's probably a lot of those um, in, in this relationship, in every relationship. But when we first met, I was on my way, I was just finishing up my graduate program at Penn and I was on my way to live in New York and, you know, I I had no interest in staying in Philadelphia and I didn't, I followed my yes, I moved to New York, he helped me move there, he used to be from there and we had a long distance relationship and then when we wanted to take things more seriously, he has a son, so the option was to move back to Philly or, you know, try some other scenario. And, you know, I, people would tell me, Oh my God, there's long distance marriages. You can do all sorts of things. And I had that old story, even though I've worked on it for so long of, no, we're a married couple. We're supposed to be in the same house and all that kind of thing. And my gut said, do not move back to Philadelphia. Hmm. It's not the right move for you. 
And I did it anyway. And what that did for us was led to a couple of very hard years where I resented him. Every turn we took, I was reminding him, I don't want to be here. I was, you know, poor guy. He he didn't force me to be here. Uh, You know, we could have, there were other arrangements we could have made. Um, And I prevented myself from having friends here. You know, I'm just not going to have any friends. You know, it was like I was, I was going to hurt the city of Philadelphia as if it cared. And, (laughs) you know, right. Like who was I really hurting? And, and all I was really doing was making myself miserable, you know, like, and here I was teaching happiness to other people. And so I had a clear gut and I didn't listen to it. And, you know, and he and I have had the agreement that we would live in Philadelphia until his son graduated high school. And then I get to choose where we live for the rest of our lives. And that time is actually coming up very, very quickly. Um, But what happened was it led to resentment of him. It led to us creating the foundation at the beginning of our marriage. He was kind of walking on eggshells and felt like, oh, I, she did this huge thing for me, so I have to say yes to everything everything now, mm. right? I can never have an opinion. And it was destructive. It just wasn't, it wasn't healthy at all. And we had to have, I had to have a, you know, I'm Jewish, so not really coming to Jesus, but a coming to Moses or coming to the goddess, you know, moment of what, what about the relationship I used to love that we had, mm-hmm. right? Where's that? And what was that all about? And I've already been through a divorce once. So I, I was really intentional with this one on our common values and me getting to be me. And I married myself before I married him. And I wrote down vows to myself that I would never sacrifice my, my heart and my soul. And so we, we had, we had to have some talks and I had to really say, you know what, I think I've set us up for failure here. Mm. And what we ended up doing was renting an apartment in New York that, uh, we subletted. And so we would Airbnb it when we weren't there. And I was, I would go there at least every month for several days. Sometimes I'd be there every week for a day and it changed everything. It changed everything. Because my gut said, this is really where I'm still alive and I need that aliveness. And the other thing that really changed is that I came to say, you know how to be happy in life. You know what you need. So I joined a yoga studio. I reached out to, to some more women I, about a book club, making friends. You know, And now our time is almost up to live here. And I'm like, hmm, are we going to move? Because I've got good people. <laughs> you know, I've got a good life here. Um, but it's so it's it's you can, you can reset. It didn't mean, you know, I had to run for the hills. Um, but I think it's really, it is so important to listen to your gut always because you will end up, I know firsthand, I ended up resenting and and almost making a big mess of things. That is such a great example. And you're hundred percent right. Not following your yes always leads to resentment. Mm -hmm. And the reason is we convince ourselves somebody else made us not follow our yes. Because mm-hmm. we don't want to own that we abandon ourselves. That's right. And so we're right. like, well, you you did this. <laughs> How could they do it? It's not their yes, it's your yes. <laughs> right. right, right. And he would, you know, and he would say, I didn't force you to do this. You, you know, and I, yes, you did. But in reality, there were other options. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, 
I know a couple that had a long distance marriage for several years or he and I didn't have to get married so soon. We could have, you know, held off. And there are, there's just always different, there's always different options. And listening to your gut is so, so important to, you know, it's like, I, there was almost some part of me that thought I better move there or I'm going to lose the relationship. But by moving here, I almost lost the relationship mm-hmm. because of that resentment that you're talking about. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's let's flip this around then. Yeah. Take us to a time when this time you had that clear yes and now you did follow it. Tell us that story. Yeah. So the, the clearest yes that I've ever had was on following this this purpose of mine. And it's it's interesting, you know, I mentioned in the podcast episode we did that I, I had had a gun to my head. Um, and even so, so what ended up happening is a friend of mine posted on Facebook, maybe like two months after that, you're always so positive. Have you seen this? And it was a link to positive psychology and the university of Pennsylvania and Martin Seligman. And I started reading about positive psychology and I just, you know, cried and was, Oh my God, this is what I've waited for. But I was afraid. I was afraid to leave my corporate salary. I was afraid to leave health benefits. I mean, I was terrified. Um, but I, I knew because the gun in my head, I had to do it and I applied and by the grace of God, I got in and, you know, I came to my first week. It's a, it's, it's a professional program. So the master's program at Penn in this. And so you can come for, you know, it's like one weekend a month and I came and it's a first week. I came for the first week and I was going back to my corporate job and I was like, what am I doing? Like, that's my past and this is my future. So I went home and I turned in my notice to my boss and um, decided I was going to move and come to grad school full time. And my dad said to me, that is the stupidest decision I have ever heard. And I was crying. I was daddy's little girl, like I'd mentioned on the podcast. I mean, I was, I was terrified that he was right. And it turns out, but my yes was so strong my yes was so strong that what I ended up saying to myself is what is the worst that's going to happen? And the worst that was going to happen was that I would fail out of school or I would run out of money or I would start this business, this empowerment business, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't succeed. And then what's the worst that happens? Well, then I go get a job back in marketing like I used to be in. Oh, Okay, you know, like it wasn't, I realized that that the worst case wasn't even that bad. But if I never tried it, then I would always regret it. And so, you know, I said to myself, the only reason not to do this is if I don't believe in myself that I can. Hmm. And so I said yes to myself and I was scared. Oh my goodness, I was scared. And it turned out to be the best decision that I have ever made, hands down, because I love this work. You can hear it, how passionate I am about it. I love what I do. Uh, it's because I, I said yes to myself, it opened up doors. You know, I made great friends. Like it's, it's, it's been incredible. And recently I had this, you know, I get asked this all, I, all the time. People say to me, what does your dad say now? Mm. <laughs> and you know, I didn't, I didn't know what he would say now. You know, I, I said, well, if I had to guess, he would say just based on things that he does say uh, that he's 
still worried about me because I understood him saying to me, that's the stupidest decision I've ever heard was just, was just worry and love. Um, and recently I, I mentioned to him something, some success that I had had and, um, and how he had said that it was the stupidest decision. It somehow, I, I wasn't pointing it out to him. It came up. I think he, I think he read it in a blog actually. Yeah. And he were actually on Facebook and he replied on the Facebook post. I was wrong. Mm. And it was so powerful. You know, he's 74. I never expected him to say he was wrong or apologize. I had long gotten over that in therapy, you know? Um, but it was a time I said, yes, I listened to myself and I didn't need his approval. I didn't go after him and say, don't you see now? You know, that's what it was. I didn't, I wasn't talking to him. He saw it on Facebook. And it came full circle to, it wasn't even getting his approval, but it was hearing his acknowledgement. Um, Cause I already knew that it, this was the best decision I'd ever made, but it, it strengthened our relationship. And that was, I'm really grateful for it. That's such a great example. And I love how you shared like how it affected more than just you and your career path. Mm-hmm. Right. And you know, the other thing that you said that was really powerful is you said, you know, you didn't really, know if you could do it. You didn't believe in yourself. But the difference was, and this is, I think, what stops so many people is we're waiting for a guarantee. Mm, yeah. The guarantee is you. Yeah. Right. The guarantee is you committing to doing it, period. Because commitment is not partial. There's no partial commitment. You can't commit to diving into the pool and keep your foot on the diving board. It doesn't happen. That's right. It's right. Once you commit, it opens up. The universe goes, oh, there's somebody who's really committed. I love supporting commitment. Mm-hmm. And it starts yeah. putting you with what you need to be with. It's an Ex- absolutely incredible experience, but you can't partially commit or go, well, I need to know there's a backup. The backup is that you're not going to fail. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Like you, you know, as long as you know, you know who you are, you know your strengths, you know that because you're going to have failures. Yes. Right. Like that's going to happen. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to be rejected. Oh, my God. The amount of times now I've been rejected, you know, the and to just know I'm strong enough. I'm resilient enough. I'm resourceful enough. I I can do this. And even if I don't know the answer, I can find the person who does. That's like you said, that is our best bet. And for anyone out there, if there is something you've been wanting to do it to do and you're like, oh, I'm too afraid to take a gamble, then remember you can have a plan. Plan B is you go back to being and doing what you are now. Right. But the difference is at least then you tried mm-hmm. and you'll feel so much better about yourself. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm glad you said that because personally, I honestly, I lost count how many times I started and stopped and went back and started and stopped and went back. And what happened yeah. is it went from, OK, I'll go back to the safety of a corporate career. And then I'd try and take off and, and do my work again. And I would do that again. And I get scared and I go back. And then what happened was every time I went back, the time I was happy in that corporate plan B was shorter and shorter Mm. until I went, there's no point. Like, I'll be happy for six days. It takes longer to get the job than like it's not even worth doing. And I literally had this happen. I had applied to a, a corporation and their HR director responded to me and said, um, you have no business getting a job. 
you need to be an entrepreneur. <laughs> you wouldn't be it's happy here. It's clear from your resume. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He goes, you wouldn't be happy here. Stay where you are and follow your dream. Because mm. wow. he got it. He'd seen so many people do that. Mm -hmm. Come in. Yeah, no, I'm really committed to corporate world now. I'm done with the whole entrepreneurial thing. It's not for me. And he's like, nah, if you've done no, no. that many times, you just need to stay there. Yeah. And then yeah. it will move past your fear. That's right. And and staying there, what a, you know, what a, what a great person, yeah. right? For, for being honest with you. And even though it probably was even scarier, like, no, I was counting on that. You know, the, we, we have to have people who tell us to do the scary thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think when one day when I get up to the pearly gates or whatever it is up there, you know, that's gonna be my question is like, you gave us all a purpose. Why'd you make it so hard to live it? You know, like, why did it have to be so scary? Um, and, you know, there's a, there's a million reasons probably for it, but it, it's really where the juice of life is, mm -hmm. is where's that fear and going to that edge. You know, I, I'm not telling anyone to jump off a cliff. I like jumping into the pool better, you know, and knowing that there's water that you can swim in. Um, but it's, it's where the juice of life is. And if you are not happy in your own life and you are not pursuing your dreams and you are, you know, because you're re because you say I have kids or I have my partner and you will end up in that resentful place. Mm -hmm. So there's always, instead of I can't, there's always a how can I always. Yeah. And one of the things my dad used to say to me that drove me crazy and I hated it when I was a kid, but it makes so much sense now. And every time, you know, like when you're a little kid, your dad would say, do something. You're like, I can't. Mm. You just look at me and go, can't never did anything. <laughs> and I hated yeah. that because it was it was like, there's nothing I can say to that. He's like, I'm like, done. Good point, dad. Yeah. And I hated it, but it was so yeah. true. And once I really embraced that and went, oh, yeah, like you were talking about getting your radio show. I used to have a radio show, and when I wanted to do that, people were like, how did you do that? I'm like, I just went looking. I yeah. don't know. And honestly, <laughs> when I my first radio show, I'll never forget this, because I was kind of bewildered at, like, I'm on the radio. And my first show, I was like, so just so everybody's clear, I have no idea how any of this works. <laughs> All I'm doing is talking. That's the gift I brought. I have a mouth and I know how to talk and I'm comfortable <laughs> doing this. Somebody else is doing the technology. Somebody else is sending this out through the ether. I don't understand how this works. Mm. But I realized I didn't have to. Yeah. If I'd waited till I knew all that, I would have never, ever got started. But I said, what's my gift? Right. Oh, it's this. And like you, proposed it to somebody who had the other skill sets and the other resources. And they're like, yeah, and we gave it a shot and here we go. So it is, it's taking that first step, but it's about the guarantee is you. Mm, it's your I love commitment that. to your dream. Amen. Amen. Because nobody else only knows given... what it is and nobody else can rock you through it because they don't know what it is. Right. And we're given, we're only given dreams because we're meant to fulfill the essence of it, right? Mm -hmm. There's, you know, I don't, I'm not talking about the dream of going to live in Tahiti and never having to do anything for the rest of your life. I mean, maybe that is your dream and maybe you are supposed to fulfill it, but the essence of it, right? Like, so I'm not talking about the escapist stuff, but like the, the dreams of, of your purpose and making an impact and contributing and doing the things that are cool, traveling the world by yourself, whatever it might be, like that's meant to happen. 
and you can figure that out. 100%. Yeah. Karen, you're awesome. You're amazing. You're magical. Thank you so much for being here and sharing everything you have. Thank you so much. Thanks for doing all you do. Love being here. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to Speaking of Partnership. Head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. And be sure to click on the big red button to let us know what you love about the show and what you want more of to help us design the best partnership podcast in the world. Plus, you can leave us a rating and review on Stitcher or iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else either in person or on the web. Have a great day. And remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.